Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. To have a really great conversation with two really, really cool, I should say, really hot creatives today. Thank you to Ryan Treasure, my good friend at World Talk Radio Voice America. He's the voiceover of my wonderful intro. Happy to be here. It's August 17th. This is the 229th day of the Gregorian calendar, but we're in a leap year. You all know that by now, so it's the 230th day. I don't know why I didn't say that in the first place. Listen up. There's 136 days left to the end of 2020. I don't know about you, but I can't wait for it to be over. So as soon as a liquor store near you or an online booze shop or whatever you call it, get something special, put it in the fridge and have it ready because we're going to celebrate no matter what's going on. December 31st, let's just say goodbye to 2020. I have two wonderful guests on the air with me today. And as always, I'm so excited. I have them here on Zoom. I'm watching them. They're gorgeous. They're vivacious. They're wonderful. They have interesting stories. I hope we inspire all of you to think about the creativity. Today's episode is called Power Up Your Creativity, and I'll tell you a little more about that in a minute. So let me introduce my guest very briefly. Then we'll go back and we'll do the special U.S. national holidays this week. I got some real doozies for you, a couple of famous birthdays, and then we'll get started. So my first guest in a few minutes will be Cindy Cipriani. She's the co-owner of a company called Cipriani Remodeling. We're going to talk about what is remodeling today? What are people People doing not not around COVID, but when they could actually have work people in their house or in their office. Cindy has a very interesting story. I'll call it her backstory. She came from the depths of despair. I read it in her book. Uh, serious stuff. A couple of suicide attempts. Very very sad desperation. And just things were happening in her life that shouldn't happen to anybody. As my grandma used to say, it shouldn't, shouldn't happen to your worst enemy. What can I tell you? It shouldn't have happened to Cindy or to anybody you ever want to know. And somehow she found a way to pull herself out and up and inspire other people. And she is a mega, mega, mega successful award-winning multi-million dollar builder, remodeler, salesperson. She's a mentor, an author, a grief recovery specialist, and everything wonderful about Cindy. And we're going to talk about her solution, her book, The 5C Solution. And I want you to all think about put your hand up in front of you and start with the pinky. And that's one of the C's and then work your way across and we'll tell you what each finger represents on the five C's. I'm not going to give it away yet. So get ready for some five finger exercises. I think that was a movie with Jack Nicholson, maybe. And now my second guest in a few minutes is Michelle Bell. And wait till you hear her. I wish you could see her. She's absolutely incredibly gorgeous. She is a military police officer in the U.S. She wears a uniform. She hates it. It's itchy. It's not flattering. It's just not what she wants. It irritates her. And one day she said, you know, I always wanted to be in fashion. Maybe I'll go to learn about the business of fashion, but I don't want polyester. Who would want that on your body? So she started sourcing and investigating plant-based fabrics and natural dyes. She sourced all the way to India and she creates stylish quality medicinal pieces of investment. And there's a couple of key and that medicinal meaning, she says there's some medically positive 
factors in the fabrics, in the sources that she gets. She puts into fabrics and we'll find out about, I read her website and I don't know what any of these fabrics are. She's going to tell us. And investment, they ain't cheap, but they're worth every penny because you're making investment in your body, in your health and in your fashion. So her company is Bell, B-E-L-L-E, even though her last name is just B-E-L-L. Bell Clothing and Accessories Company, and can't wait to dream on with beautiful fashions with my shell. So welcome to my two guests. Let me do a little bit of housekeeping. Well, I'm going to have you say hello first. Cindy Cipriani, say hello. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me on, Red. We're del- she called me Red. See, I trained my guests well. My shell Bell, how are you today? Hi, Red. It is such a pleasure to be here. I'm so happy to have you too. And I have to tell listeners that I met these two fabulous people And I met them at the National Publicity Summit, which was an exercise in creativity in and of itself because it was the first time it was virtual. And I was on for five and a half hours on Zoom in 13 breakout sessions. And I met eight, nine, 10 people in each session. And I booked about 20 people out of, I think I met 75 that day. I met the 20 people I thought would be most fabulous for this show who are my creative. So you're all part of Red's creatives now. And I've been waiting a long time to get Michelle and Cindy on the show. And I'm, I'm very honored that you're both here because I love what you do. I love who you are. And I'm, we're going to share that with my listeners. So let's do a couple of shout outs. I want everybody to say with me, shout out. Hello to LLL. Can you all say that with me? Hello to LLL. LLL is a beautiful lady named lovely lanky Laura Legs, who was our most loyal listener. And she's in Whitestone, New York. And we're taking up a GoFundMe to get her to move to London so she can be lovely lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener in London. It's an inside joke, but we're still trying to get her to move. Laura, you got to find a place on Long Island. Move to Lawrence. No, you don't want to move to Lawrence. We'll find a place for you. It's got to be an L. So we always do a shout out to Laura. And what's special about Laura is she listens to every show and she emails me right after and she says, great show, fabulous show. And she tells me what she loves about each of my guests and what she learned. And Laura follows in the tradition of... Many years ago, I had a cousin, Freddie. He spelled his name P-H-R-E-D-D-I-E. He was elderly, but he knew what email was. And he lived in New York, then moved to California. And he would email me after every show and tell me what he enjoyed. And after Freddie passed, my mom, who lived to 100 and lived alone until 100, she called me every Monday night at 8 o'clock, 8.01. I loved your show. She listened. We've set her up with a favorite on her on her computer, on the internet. And she clicked into the show and listened online. Can you imagine a woman in her 90s living to, listening to radio online every Monday? And I love that. And Laura has followed in that tradition of people who really care and want to contribute to the well-being of the radio host. So thank you, Laura. We love you. So let me just give you a couple of interesting things. Yesterday was August 16th. It was National Tell-A-Joke Day. Cindy, did you tell a joke to anybody yesterday, intentionally or otherwise? I don't think so. I think I missed that. Did you say something funny? I'm always saying something funny. Okay, good. Then you celebrate. Michelle, did you tell anybody a joke yesterday? No, but I am fluent in sarcasm. (laughs) You just stopped the show. I'm sorry. Well, I have a a good friend who whom I meet on Zoom every night. And at the end of our hour or so chatting, we know each other very well. We see each other during the day, but we meet we meet at night. And he says to me, tell me a joke. So we go to joke of the day. We've gone through so many hundreds of jokes. We're running out of funny things. So I tell them over again with a different accent and it's fine today. Oh, Michelle, you're going to like this one. I don't think it's National Thrift Shop Day. Okay. Well, you're going to find a lot of polyester there, right, Michelle? 
Most definitely. Most definitely. So we're, we're going to ignore that one. Tomorrow, the 18th, is Bad Poetry Day and World Daffodil Day. I haven't seen a daffodil in years. We like uh, daylilies here. That's very popular in North Carolina. Okay. Uh, the 19th is National Aviation Day and Potato Day. Everybody like potatoes? I love potatoes. Can't live without potatoes. Me too. I just went through a whole bag of them, not in one day, but in a month. I make two little ones in the microwave. I cook them in, I boil them in water with a paper towel over them. And then I slice them and put a little bit of grated Colby mm-hmm. cheese on top. A little bit of salt. Stay away from the butter. I'm really trying, not succeeding. Uh, the 20th this week is National Radio Day. Yay! And Yay. National, it's World Mosquito Day on the 20th. Michelle, are you feeling itchy? Listen, I do not agree with mosquitoes. We have to deal with them all the time here. So I would slide by that day. We're not going to celebrate Mosquito Day. The 21st is National Spumoni Day. Anybody remember what Spumoni is? It's a little, uh, you get it in Italian restaurants. It was a tortoni and a spumoni. I think it's three co- tri-colored uh, ice cream like gelato that's in the colors of the Italian flag. I think it's white, red, and green, something like that. Spumoni, I think it had little dots in it. That's all I mean. You can look it up. Spumoni, S-P-U-M-O-N. And it's National Senior Citizens Day. I wouldn't know anything about that. So we're not talking about that one. And August 22nd is National Be an Angel Day. Are we going to? And can't make any guarantees. <laughs> you have your own radio show, Michelle. You, you just qualified. And it's National Tooth Fairy Day. Aww. And I'm having a tooth pulled next week. So I'll be sure to put it under my pillow. And I dare anybody to slip a $100 bill because the $2 crap is, you know, we don't do that anymore. What can I tell you? And let's do some famous birthdays. Today in 1786 was the birthday of Davy Crockett. Anybody ever, you remember Davy, Davy, Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier. I had a Davy Crockett hat, Michelle, when I was a little girl. Do you remember, Cindy? I don't know how old either one of you is. I'm not even going to guess. But we had little hats with the, you know, the raccoon. Raccoon tail. That's it. That's it. She said it. Mae West was born today in 1893. Come up and see me sometime. Does does Michelle know who that is? Peel me a grape. She would. Why don't you tell oh, her? Oh no! She tell her who know. Mae West is. Tell she her. doesn't know who Mae West was. Tell well, her. She'll have to look. I'm it open. I'm open. She, she was, was an actress, playwright, and screenwriter. She passed away in 1980, but her famous line was, "Hey, big boy, why don't you come, come up and, and peel me, me a grape and come and see me sometime? See me sometime, right, Cindy? Yes. Yeah, she she was a character, a real yeah. character. Blonde May is M A E West. Yes. Happy birthday. Long past May West. And today was also the birthday of Maureen O'Hara, who made so many redhead, made so many movies with John Wayne. Uh, she was an Irish American actress and singer. I didn't know she sang. Now let's get to the people who are alive and having happy birthday. Robert De Niro, happy birthday. Belinda Carlisle, happy birthday. Sean Penn. Well, happy birthday, Sean Penn. Steve Gorman, American drummer. I only put that in because I'm a drummer too, and I like to recognize other drummers. Donnie Wahlberg. Hey, hey. Happy birthday, Donnie. Uh, I found a wrestler named Cheerleader Melissa. And I have to say, happy birthday, Cheerleader. Anybody whose first name is Cheerleader, uh, they deserve a happy birthday. And yeah. then we have an American rapper named Lil Pump. L-I-L, Lil Pump. Rapper and songwriter. And Michelle saying, I don't know who that is. And Cindy saying, you got to be kidding. I like to pick up some unusual, unusual names. So that's it for our famous whatever. Happy birthday to anyone and everyone. And somebody in my life had a birthday yesterday. And 
my son, and I remember the oh. day he was born, and I won't tell you how long ago, but he certainly reminded me. Anyway, let's get on with the show. Cindy Cipriani, I gave a very brief overview. Why don't you introduce yourself a little more fully? Take about two and a half minutes. We're not clocking you, but uh, we want to know what is Cipriani remodeling all about? Are you still remodeling in this era of COVID? And let's go back a little farther in time to when when you discussed, when you start, started with yourself, the idea of how do I find clarity in my life? How do I dig out of, of the hole you were in? You, you, were, you were in a ditch, basically, emotionally. And I don't want to put words in your mouth. So, Cindy, tell us a little about you, and we want to hear what the five C's are. So, please, Cindy, welcome. All that in two minutes. Okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, I got married the first time when I was 18 years old, and I thought I had my whole life planned. You know how when you're 18 and you think you know everything and you think you got it all figured out? And um, life didn't quite kind of go the way I thought it would, um, unfortunately. So my first husband um, became an alcoholic, and, and we had a very abusive marriage. And I was a stay-at-home mom. Um, I loved raising my children. But when the marriage fell apart, I realized I had to somehow um, support my children. And the only thing I could think of that I was really good at was that I was a really good wife and a housewife. So I started a business called I Need a Wife, and I did everything for people they didn't have time to do. I threw parties, I cleaned, I shopped, I um, replaced toilets, I redecorated their house, anything I could get my hands on to do. And during that business, I met my current husband, Jay, who owned a remodeling company. And he uh, was actually teaching a class at our local college. And he hired me to do some work for the company. And long story short, um, we got married. And I've been working for him for 17 years as one of his top designers and now, you know, part owner of the company and sales professional. So during that time, I came up with my five C's, which was clarity and commitment, mm -hmm. overcoming challenges, creating a plan to move forward and celebrating, which you remember on your hand. And so I started going to domestic violence shelters and teaching this to the women there so that they too could climb out of the situation that they were in. And I recently published a book with these all in it, and I teach it um, you know, to businesses and to individuals. So I think that was two minutes. Cindy, uh, obviously we, we could spend a whole hour on your bio. Well, congratulations on the happy marriage. And obviously you're thriving because I can see in your smile, you're, you're, you're there, you're together. You're a, a real deal person. But I just want to go back a little bit in time. What was the, I gave a little bit of your history of, of the, the suicide attempts. Uh, if you want to just give a little bit of background of what brought you to that place, I know Michelle would like to hear this as well. What was what spawned that part of your life that you looked at your hand one day and said, if I don't get clarity, I'm never getting out of here. And then you you named the other finger. So give us a little more background. So you get a couple more minutes. Go ahead. Okay. okay. <laughs> well, towards the end of that marriage, um, my self-esteem was just in the pits. You know, I, I had no self-esteem and uh, that came from, you know, years of verbal and physical abuse. And also, um, I was in a very small religious community. And when I filed for divorce, uh, it's very complicated, but they shun people. And so I was told that I let God down by, you know, my marriage failing. And so to me, that was a huge deal, because this was something I believed in greatly. And, you know, I thought that 
I shouldn't even be here if I was, had let God down and that my kids would be better off without me. And that's what led to, you know, the suicide attempts. And the second time I woke up in the hospital and I realized, you know, I must be here for a reason. And Mm -hmm. I had this moment of clarity Mm -hmm. and I realized in that moment that I needed to commit to overcoming all the challenges that I had in front of me and create a plan to celebrate with my kids again. And I remember those five words as clear as I just said them. And uh, when I started going out to to volunteer, um, I started telling them to the women in the homeless shelters. And the one woman said to me, do you realize that when you explain these to to everyone, you use your fingers and they kind of coincide with each finger. And I thought, oh my goodness, I didn't even realize that. So that's where it came about. And it's so easy to remember. So like you said in the beginning, each one is on the finger that corresponds to it. Tell everybody why the middle finger is the challenges. Challenges. <laughs> I love that. I thought that was great. Uh, just start with the pinky. Pinky for clarity. Okay. Why does why does so, the pinky give us clarity? The the pinky is the smallest finger, but it's the most important because if you don't know who you are and what you want, then you're going to be confused and stuck. And so you need to take the time, even in challenging times like we have now, to step back and say, okay, how is this affecting me? What do I believe? Who am I as a person? And, you know, really get clarity on that so that you have a firm foundation on who you are. And then you need to commit to staying that person, no matter what's happening around you. And as soon as you commit to something, life is going to throw you that middle finger, which is challenges. So they're going to be external things and also internal thoughts, you know, that voice inside your head that says you can't do something. So those are your challenges. Overcoming them is creating, which is your pointing finger. You create a step-by-step plan to move forward. Mm -hmm. And the key to moving forward is celebrating, which is thumbs up after every step so that you don't get discouraged, but you keep on going until you get your goals. I love it. And what you've done is I'm going to add two more C's to your list. Check, check. You give a checklist, right? This is a checklist of what you have to do in life. And you don't have to be as low and full of despair as you were, Cindy, to yes. use these, obviously. Michelle, you want to react to the five C's? Do they resonate with you at any point? And then um, when you can respond to that and then tell us your background, we'd love to know who are you? What brought you to where you are today? Michelle Bell, welcome. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. Well, first of all, Cindy, I just commend you in more ways than one. Um, I actually can um, resonate with all five of them because even though um, I may look young, I in years have matured over time because of everything that I've been through. So where I am today, I wasn't here two years ago. I wasn't here five years ago. So I can understand that each point that you had given was actually something that I applied to my life to get me to where I am today. So I love it. And um, I most definitely will be using the five (laughs) finger C's definitely. Well, my name is Michelle Bell. Um, I am the owner of Bell Clothing and Accessories Company, Inc. It is an organic and plant-based women's business dress and accessories line. And my background history, as Red told you, I am in the military, been active duty going on five years with um, the United States Air Force, military police. And I do not like my uniform per se and how it feels 
No, I don't. You know, I love what it represents. I love serving my country. But when I tell you it is uncomfortable and I have to deal with this between 12 to 14 hours a day. And on top of that, I'm wearing an extra 35 pounds. So you can understand the stress that it can cause on your body. And I just thought, I am so tired of this. So when you get tired of something, you want change. So who better than to do it yourself? So I decided to do what I love to go into the um, design industry. And um, I said, you know what, I'm going to change things. I don't like how they're creating clothing because this day and age, everything is about what's in right now or what's the fast fashion. And then there's a high turnover about the quickest clothes that you can get out there. But the quality of the clothing shows you exactly how fast it's gotten out of there. Um, And I didn't want to be a part of that. If I'm going to come and bring a business into this world, I want to be able to leave something that's going to show that I actually cared about the world and I'm leaving something behind for the future generations. So I took it upon myself to make sure that I did my own, you know, research and made sure that I said, if I'm going to be authentic, let me do what you do when you go to a grocery store. You have the food that you can get quick, cheap. Heat it up really quickly, but you know it's unhealthy for you. But then you go to the organic section. Yeah, it may be a little bit more costly, but look at the results that you're getting in spite of all of that. So I took that theory, and when I found the fabrics that I was looking for, I was astounded and I was excited to bring it to America and have the clothes made here to show the world, hey, what you see right now is not everything. There's more to it than you may think. Michelle, I'm almost in tears. You are so impressive. You are the real deal. Cindy is nodding. You are authentic. You are real. And I, I, I love your story, but there's more to your story. And I want you to go back in time. I want you to do two things. Tell us how you came to join the military. What was the lure? What was the reason you joined the Air Force and became military police? And I want you to explain to everybody when you say you're carrying an extra 35 pounds. I know what you're talking about, but I want you to tell us what is that equipment that weighs 35 pounds? So go ahead, Michelle. Tell us a little. Michelle, tell us a little more, please. Go ahead. Yes, of course. So um, I actually joined the military because, um, well, I'm a single mother and my son, I'm his first, you know, set of leaders. I'm the person that he looks up to every single day. So I wanted to be able to set a standard and I wanted him to know that there's more to life than, you know, we didn't grow up um, on the side, you know, where the grass is always green or on the other side. We grew up on the other side where, you know, you're looking at that side and you're like, I want to be over there, you know. And so I had my son at 19 years old and I told myself the day I had him, I said, I refuse to be a statistic. I refuse to raise my son in poverty. So I took it upon myself to say every position that I get in life is going to be better than where I was before. So that's what I did. And when I joined the military, it was more than just about discipline. I wanted him to see a true life hero because in life, your kids are always looking at what's on TV. Well, they also recognize that you are their hero first. What they see on TV is beautiful, but you're the one that can show it. So that's what I wanted to show my son. So when I joined the military, it was something to show him, hey, you can travel the world. You can serve your country. You can do the right thing. So I did that for a couple of years um, and I recognized that I was starting to break out from having the clothes 
on my skin for long periods of time. On top of that, being um, a police officer, I wear about 35 pounds of equipment. So I carry an M4, I carry an M9, 120 rounds (laughs) of, um, of the M4 and the M9. I carry about 30 rounds of that. On top of that, I have my lethal and my line non-lethal. And then on top of that, I carry a vest with plates inside of it. So I have that on about 12 to 14 hours a day. And when I say it can, you know, wear down on your body on top of the fact that I have the fabric on as well. So you're sweating. So now my pores are not releasing the toxins that are coming from the actual fabrics that are inside. So that is what led me to say, you know what? I am sick and tired of being sick and tired. I need to make a change. So that's when I took it upon myself to go ahead and do my own research and go into the business myself. What a fabulous story. Cindy and I were applauding for you. Thank you for your service, Michelle. Yes, thank you so much. You're so real deal. I want to cry and clap at the same time. You really, really are. And and I admire you. It's a tough job and, and real people who care need to be the ones doing those jobs, right? passion and compassion and and sanity and we'll just leave it there so let's get into a little more about what you both do now so cindy i want to start with you i'm still fascinated by the i need a wife i'm just going to ask you briefly what was the if you can tell us the strangest craziest thing somebody hired you to do when you were doing everything cindy what was the weirdest party you had to throw or the weirdest thing you had to fix you said you fixed toilets and you threw parties tell me just a little bit what was the strangest experience you had The strangest experience I ever had was I had a friend who was a realtor and he had a very big apartment building that was not in very good shape. And he called me one day and said that the one tub needed to be retiled, but it was that old yellow color in old tubs and you couldn't find that tile anymore. And he didn't want to spend the money to redo the whole thing. He just wanted the repair done. So I said no to nothing back then. So I decided to do this. So I carefully removed some of the tiles and there was a plaster wall behind it. And when I removed the tiles, the whole plaster wall fell. (laughs) So I had to remove every single tile and scrape them off and pile them up and go get drywall and repair the walls and put it all back together. And I was so proud of myself because you could not tell. And I didn't break one tile. (laughs) Wow. 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 Thank you for that. I bet bet things like that almost happened in one of my apartments when, when somebody who used to be married to me tried to do a repair and he put the hot water faucet on the cold water pipe and the other way around and put plaster on a wall that was so thick it didn't dry for two weeks and it was just mush and starting to fall. Anyway, he's long gone, Tom, I'm sorry. But anyway, uh, no, he he passed away a few years ago. But anyway, he he intended well, but he just, it it was one of those. I I didn't need a wife at the time. I needed something else. But anyway, Cindy, thank you for that. Cindy, talk to me a little bit about remodeling. When, When it sounds like you're very talented at figuring things out and matching things, what are people looking for in remodeling? modeling? Are they the people who buy a house and then 10 years later say, oh my God, I want to move, but I can't. So let's fix up the den or let's redo the bedroom or who are the people who are 
modeling. And let's not even talk about the COVID lens. Let's talk about in general, your business before March. So Cindy, just tell us, just take two or three minutes and tell us a little bit about what kind of remodeling jobs and what do you love to do the most in that, in that range? Well, we're a design build firm, so we can design any kind of remodel and then we build it also. And most mm-hmm. people who come to us are living in their house probably for five to 10 years mm-hmm. and life changes. People have kids, kids move out. People are, you know, wanting their house to be more of a staycation. So we do mostly kitchens because that's where everyone loves to be, right, is in the kitchen. So we do mostly kitchens and kitchen additions so that when people have company, they can have more people in their kitchen. And also um, master bathrooms is really big because, hey, we spend a lot of time getting ready in the morning and at night and you go out to a beautiful hotel and you see these gorgeous bathrooms and then you come home to yours and you say, oh, I can't, you know, I I want that bathroom. So we do spend a lot of time uh, designing beautiful master bathrooms and uh, that are just spa-like. Very, very nice. Are people mostly changing countertops? I put in a very sparkly, the equivalent of the Starry Night in Black. I put it in oh, white, light sparkly. And I use quartz when I redecorate quartz instead of, and somebody told me if I use the red sparkly quartz countertops that I put in my co-op in, in Long Island when I moved here to North Carolina, nobody would ever buy a house with red <laughs> countertops. So they said, don't you dare. I, I know, I know, Michelle, I know. So I put in white countertops, but the backsplash behind the stove is the red across the back of the kitchen. So I had to have that red in there. I'm going to turn my light back on. Cindy, what's your, what's your favorite remodel job? And then Michelle, we're going to talk about your fabrics, but Cindy, what's your favorite remodel job? Oh my goodness. The favorite one is the one I'm working on currently. And it's like that for every job. You know, I just, I love designing it. And then I love watching it come to life. And I love seeing the homeowners just enjoy the process. And then it makes me, feel good, like at every holiday to know that all of those different kitchens that I designed, that they're creating memories there for them and their children and uh, everyone who comes to to spend time there. So I don't know, I can't say just one because I just love them all. Was anything really crazy? Did somebody want gold wallpaper or silver floors or I don't know, something real bidet in the back of the kitchen? I don't know, I'm making this up. Anything? Well, actually, my husband's working on one right now that um, this person wants to put slabs of granite on their bathroom walls. Hmm. And yeah, so that's a little bit elaborate. And we have to actually shore up the house to, you know, contain the weight. And yeah, it's very unique. (laughs) <laughs> Very interesting. I remember when when my mom was alive, she lived in a co-op in a place called North Shore Towers. It was three towers, uh, uh, apartment dwelling, co-op dwelling, very nice, very beautifully laid out. And and the bathroom was, I will say, tiled with marble on the, on the walls. But when, I don't know whether it was the quality of the tiles they put in, but somebody put in a glue that never dried before they put the, t- so behind each tile you saw through through the tile, you could see a circle almost like a wet stain in every single, and I, I never figured out it wasn't worth redoing it, but I never figured out what was wrong, but it wasn't just the, the marble. I don't, it was almost like a veneer. They weren't that thin, but you could see the stain of something 
like a circle behind every tile on the bathroom wall. And if you look closely, you wanted to cry because it was supposed to be so beautiful. Michelle, speaking of beautiful, my dear, talk to me about the clothes. Who designs the dresses? I looked at your website. They're gorgeous. Who picks the colors? What is what is a milkweed fabric, I think? Tell us a little bit about what are these things called? I have no idea what you're using. So please educate me and my listeners. Go ahead, Michelle. Yes, of course. So um, first, thank you. I appreciate you um, seeing the fabric and seeing, um, I actually am the one that chooses everything um, down to the colors. So I use um, all organic innovative fabrics. So normally when you hear about organic, you hear about cotton, linen, hemp, jute. Those are some of the traditionals. But I wanted to be completely different and I wanted to be able to bring more authenticity um, to the game of fashion and let people know, hey, there's more natural fabrics out there. We just got to be able to take the time to actually look at them. So the fabrics that I use are organic milk, rose petals, lotus flowers, aloe vera, orange fibers. I use for my leather, I use wine leather, I use lotus leather, I use apple leather, I use pineapple leather. These are fabrics that are 100% real, organic, vegan, biodegradable, and natural. And I create each one of the fabrics. Um, they're created in India, but I choose the fabrics. I choose the colors. The colors are actually made from plants as well. So everything is eco-friendly and sustainable. And I chose business and dress wear because we as women especially in this day and age, over 75% of working women are out there and it's actually increasing. So more women are going out and working more. So 75% to, before you know it, all women are just going to be out there doing their own thing, owning their own businesses, you know, becoming more a part of the work life. And I love it. So I decided to say, hey, let's get some business wear that we're going to love because I no, I'm not the only one that by the end of the day, you're like, I can't, I can't, I have to take these clothes off. I'm hot, I'm suffocating, I'm sweaty. And you're not recognizing that actually the, the um, fabrics that you put on your skin are actually causing harm because once you put it on you within 26 seconds, it penetrates inside of your skin and it actually goes down to the core. So what your body does is it tries to fight it. It um, inflames, it causes itchiness. It's actually showing you warnings, but you're not knowing that it's actually coming from your clothes. Absolutely fascinating. I have to know, and I, I know Cindy does. Too. Cindy, I'm speaking for both of us dear here. What is apple leather? What is pineapple leather? What is, uh, you mentioned some others. Uh, what is what is milk milk fiber? What is, talk, explain some of these because I've never, ever heard, are they washable? Are they, you said they're sustainable. How do you clean apple leather? How do you make it? Is it from a, an apple skin or does it, is it leather from a cow that looks like an apple? I don't know. Michelle, help me out here. What are we talking about? Yes. Okay. So let me, let me break it down um, into the two sections. The first section is the actual fabrics. And then the second section is the leathers. The leathers, um, you can use them for jackets. I use them specifically for handbags and wallets because women, we love our handbags. We love our wallets. 
And um, instead of using animals as the leather, you can actually use these alternative vegan wear as the leathers um, to be able to support and still be stylish while having something that's sustainable and eco-friendly. So for the fabrics I use, which are the organic milk, as you stated, the rose petals, all of these are actual plants, 100% organic plants. The milk itself is actually resourced um, from overused milk that wasn't used before and it's actually um, dried up and it's milled down. And what they do is that the plant itself has um, what you would call easters or ethers. So mm -hmm. that's actually inside of the plant itself that um, actually helps reproduce and it, they turn it into actual fabric. So they're using the lining, the inside of the plant itself, which could be the leaves, bark. Um, it can be um, the stem and they actually reproduce it and they use up to 100% of that actual plant to reproduce the actual clothing, the fibers themselves. And they actually use plants for the actual colors themselves, which they do is they dry it out and they liquefy it and they can use any color that you want. So any color that you can possibly think of, they can turn it into that. So they use that to actually use for the colors of the fabrics. So now not only are you getting plant fabrics, you're also getting the colors from the plants. Once that is created, they ship it over here. And then I have it made in the USA. The actual, the actual leather themselves, that's a whole nother section. But those are actual pineapples that they're creating it from. It is from the skin the apples, the skin as well. They dry it, they mill it down, and they use the actual, um, it's a recycling system to be able to regenerate all the way to it's 100% organic. And that's how they're able to liquefy it and turn it into an alternative vegan leather. So the process is a little crucial, but they take their time to be able to create something that's more sustainable for the earth. My shout where did you learn, Cindy and I are shaking our heads. Where did you learn all this? I know you went to school, your bio says, to learn the business of fashion. This is way past the business of fashion. This is science. This is organics. This is sourcing. This is the care and feeding of plants that bring this. This is finding reliable companies that will bring these fabrics to you. And then you probably have to be so careful when you cut the fabric. I imagine it's very expensive to cut the fabric. Uh, I know carpenters have this rule, measure twice and cut once. Well, it's probably similar. So Michelle, just give us a quick example. How long does it take you to make? Are these dresses one of a kind or are they multiple? Do you make one in, in small, medium, large? And and uh, how, how, how do you... How do you create the sizes and, and the styles? Just briefly tell us. I want to know more. No problem. Everything is made to order. So you go online, you pick and choose the different um, sizes that are there. And what they do is they go by measurements. And what I'll do, just like the carpenters, where they measure twice and they cut once. So once you order and you place the sizes that you have or the different measurements, I will call you and email you and say, are you sure this is the size that you would like? Um, please just re-verify because once we actually make it, we want to be want you to be happy with the results. So that's my measuring it twice and cutting it once. Once you agree, that's when we get to work. Everything is original, so you never get anything made twice because it's natural. 
Absolutely fascinating. Cindy, I think you want to talk to Michelle. Any questions? Because you're in the business of remodeling, building, using expensive sourced materials, right? Cindy, you, you yes. cut a piece of granite. You, you can't say, oh, I think I'll make it an inch bigger. That's it. So Cindy, t- talk, to, talk to Michelle a little bit. Any questions you want to ask her? Well, talk about having clarity. I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's just fabulous that you thought this through so much and got that clear that you wanted to make, you know, not just fashion, but out of this material. That's amazing. And then you committed, I'm sure, to finding out how to do it and you overcame all your challenges. I want to know how you overcame and what challenges did you come across in doing this and how did you overcome them? Like what kept you on your path that you didn't get discouraged before your first dress came out? Great question. That is an awesome question because I actually, when I started school and um, I was learning the history, which was a beautiful thing, but when I, you know, I'm sorry, when I spoke with my, you know, advisor, I was like, hey, um, I know what I want to do. This is the fabric that I want to use. I got the opposite of what I thought I was going to get. You know, you would like, you would think you're in a design school. They're going to motivate you. Hey, this is going to be awesome. They're like, oh no, that's not what we do here. And I'm like, well, wait, you know, just give it a chance. I can be, I can help, you know, you all introduce this to you. And they're like, no, no, we're okay. The curriculum is working good for everybody. Mm. So I said, you know what? You're right. I decided to leave the school and do my own research. So that's why you were able to hear me go so deep into it because just because you're not going for it, yes, I respect your credentials, but that's not going to stop me from doing the vision that I had in my head. So that's commitment. That's commitment right there. She didn't allow somebody else who was supposed supposed expert to tell you that you couldn't do it. Bravo for you. And now I can tell you have a military background because that's the way you're trained, right? To overcome any obstacle and not let anything stop you. And that's amazing. And even more than that, Michelle, good, good uh, path on that question, Cindy. Thank you for that. Michelle, what do your colleagues say? First of all, how many women are in military police? I think we really want to know that right now in your unit, in your area, in your state, whatever, wherever, and where are you located? And what do they say when you say, well, I'm a very high-end natural sourced clothing designer with a very high-end company. I'm, I'm Bell Accessories and Clothing Company, but I happen to be a military police at my day job. What, what's the reaction of your colleagues? Are they mostly men? I know I had a lot of questions in there, but I want to know. Talk to me. So it's like night and day um, because when you see me at work, I am this bubbly person. But when I have to turn it on to, you know, do my duties and my responsibilities, it it becomes something else. So I learned how to separate the two. But I did introduce it to a few of my colleagues. I'm not going to say any names out of respect um, for who I work with. But I did get some negative feedback um, because it had nothing to do with the the career of law enforcement, you know, this was something my dream. And basically you're telling me, oh, um, well, good luck with that. So being the person that I am, I I smile and I keep it moving because even though you can't see it, God gave me the vision, not you. So I I kept it moving. And you have people that are like, that's awesome. That's great. And then you have people that's like, oh, that's good. But they don't support. They just watch. So for the ones that watch and for the ones that support, whether they say it or not, 
I continue moving along. So I did get a lot of mixed signals back and forth. But at the end of the day, um, the people that I work with, they always ask me how everything's doing, how everything's going. And I let them know, hey, it's going well. It's going really good. I get some shocked faces like, really, it's going well. And then you got people that's like, I'm so proud of you. So it's always going to be different type of mixed emotions that go along with the business. And it's interesting. You said people sometimes give you feedback, Michelle, that, well, what does that got to do with military police? How many women do what you do? Any statistics you can, I don't want to put you on the spot and I hadn't asked you before the show, but how many women are are in where you are and where are you based, Michelle? I'm based in Homestead, Florida, Homestead Air Reserve based. And actually it is a male dominated field. Um, Police in general is a male-dominated field, Um, but in the military itself, it's very male-dominant because I can honestly say it's about 75-85% are male and about 15% is women, so Mm -hmm. yes. I'm like the only one on my shift, per se. Like When I'm working, I'm the only one on my shift. Do people tell you it's too, I'm going to say it, do people tell you it's too dangerous for an attractive woman like you to be out there putting yourself at risk? Would you get that kind of feedback from colleagues or superiors or even people on the street who would meet you and say, you're too pretty to be a cop. What do you mean you got an M40, whatever you, I'm not a gun person, so forgive me, I don't know, but what do you mean you're carrying two guns? She's carrying, what the hell? You should be home cooking cookies for me or something. Do you ever get that really, I'm just repeating that really traditional, you should be Donna Reed or father knows best wife or something like that. Do you get that a lot, Michelle? I actually do get it a lot. And um, I actually smile at them because at the end of the day, I'm like, I know what you're used to, but I'm not what you're used to. So let me introduce you to who I really am. (laughs) So that's how I answer their questions. (laughs) I, I, I love how you powered up your creativity. You know, you have, you have such a high pressure job and thank you so much for what you do um, every day to, to protect the people around you and to power up your creativity with your fashion line, I'm sure helps with the anxiety uh, of your job. Well, um, it does, but I actually want to say thank you to you because when I hear what you've been through and everything that you did to where you were before and where you came through now. Not that when many women could be able to say, oh, well, I, I know I'm a good wife, but they would have never thought about, oh, let me turn this into a business. I mean, that was something I didn't even think of. I'm like, wow, that's actually an awesome idea. So, you know, I feed off of women like you and I feed off of women like Red because you take it upon yourself to say, listen, I'm going to do what I feel in my heart I'm going to do. And regardless of what anybody says, I don't care if it's only one, 10, 20 people watching. I'm going to do this because at least I can be on my deathbed and be like, I, I did it. I, I did well, it. You know, as a single mom, you do anything for your kids. And, you know, that's where it came from. You know, I had two kids that were relying on me and And I realized that I had to, you know, kick myself into gear and figure out how I was going to support them. And like you said, be a role model to show them. It was actually my younger son after I was in the hospital the second time. And he said, mom, you know, you gotta, you gotta stop this. You're, you're great just the way you are. And he really encouraged me. Um, And for your 
favorite listener. My son lives in London. So um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a ticket for Laura. I have to tell yes. both of you, I, I was a single mom. I divorced when my kids were very young, a three-year-old and an eight-year-old. And uh, my husband at the time had moved me from New York. We were living in New Haven, Connecticut at the time we moved. He wanted to move to the West Coast and he moved us to Eugene, Oregon, where we knew absolutely no one. And a year later, I knew I had to get out. I had to absolutely get out. And so I engineered a separation and a divorce. And I had never worked a day in my life. I was 27 years old with two children coming from a you very- You worked. Work. You just didn't have a business card. I had no, I, you're, thank you. I had no idea what to do. And my parents being wonderful as they were, sent me a bunch of brochures and said, pick, I had a degree in psychology, uh, Sarah Lawrence College and Boston University, two years in each, because we had moved, my husband and I, and I, uh, my parents sent me a bunch of brochures and they said, pick something and go find a place and go finish your education, get something and find a way to go to work. And I decided computer programming was something that was going to intrigue me. And lo and behold, where I was in Eugene, there was a community college that was two bus transfers away. I didn't have a car. Here I am, a young divorcee living in an apartment with two kids and they're in school. And I found a babysitter who was on the way. I could walk the kids. The little one was in the stroller, walk my son to Mrs. Buckles house. And Mrs. Buckles had a bunch of kids from working parents and she made her own Play-Doh and she had a water slide in the backyard. And my son would walk to the elementary school, which is a block away from her house up the hill with the other kids. And my daughter stayed there with the younger kids. And I don't—I paid her, what, $3 a day or a dollar, whatever it was. We're talking, I won't tell you how old my kids are, but they're they're older than my shelf. Uh, probably you, Cindy, too, are in that vicinity. And, um, and I took the bus to Lane Community College. Now, I had a bachelor's degree already. And I said, I want to take a computer class. And they said to me, well, here's the good news and here's the bad news. The, the bad news is that the classes are already full. And the good news is if you come and find a chair in the back of the room for the first two weeks, the classes will, will absolutely weed out, self, self-eliminate within two weeks, and we'll have plenty of room and you will stay if you want to. So I went every day. They enrolled me. And I said to them, basically, I have a bachelor's degree. What am I I'm going to do here? And they said, well, well, we'll use all your credits you know, toward whatever you want. But I wanted a, a dual degree in programming and operations, computer programming. And these were going to be associate's degrees on top of my bachelor's degree. So I like to say I went to a community college as graduate school. I've done everything inside out and backwards. <laughs> so the classes cleared out in two weeks. And I had my seat and I took the classes. Thank you, Josh. He says, we have five minutes left. And I took the classes and we had such an eclectic group of people. There were people who had dropped out of medical school, people who had left architecture school, people who wanted to be engineers and didn't hear. I was a young mom with no career at all, a degree I had never used. And we became this core of really top-notch programmers. And every time I programmed or had to write a a new language for a, a fake compiler, I would just jump up. It was like the Toyota commercial. Yay, Toyota. It was, I don't know why I use that, but it was just something that they used to jump for joy in the Toyota car commercials. And uh, I embraced it so well that they hired me right out of the two-year program. I got a 4.0 and they hired me right out. And interestingly enough, Michelle, I was in New York for the summer with my parents. And it was between me and a man of color, a, a young divorcee, Caucasian divorcee and a man of color. And we were the two candidates for this job. And we were going back and forth by mail. This was, we didn't have cell phones and kids and we didn't have email kids. And we were going back and forth. Well, we sort of had email and going back and forth. And um, I got the job and 
my boss left after a year and I took over a whole statewide community college information system right out of school with my bachelor's degree in psychology in my back pocket and was able to raise my children, became a disco dance teacher. I had, a, I met somebody, I, I was looking for a partner and some woman saw me featured in the local newspaper as a dancer. And she said her, her grandson, who was a gay man, was looking for a partner. Would, he, would I like to be his partner? And we ended up teaching thousands of people how to do line dances, cha-cha, lindy, swing, and disco. And we had classes that were unbelievable. All We taught seniors, we taught everybody by the hundreds. And I was a Mary Kay sales lady as well, including getting my car stuck in the mud in somebody's farm, and they didn't buy a damn thing that night. So it was quite a ride of trying to support my kids, trying to get the degree, trying to get my first job at 28 ever. I think I babysat once in my teens. And so I have great respect for both of you. We've got three minutes left. Um, I, I want to ask each of you, uh, let's start with you, Cindy, just about a minute, if you don't mind. Creativity. Did you ever look in the mirror and say, I am a creative person. I came up with the five C's and I pulled myself out of despair and creativity is my middle name. Or did you just do it and not put a label on it? Cindy? Actually, when I was young, I, I felt very creative and I let it get stamped out. And I hope that any woman who is listening or any guy who's listening to this radio show right now just learns from the three of us that don't let anybody stamp out your creativity. Think way outside the box. Look at the trades for, you know, your employment, because there's a lot of opportunity out there in all different kinds of fields. And, you know, don't let anybody put up those challenges, especially yourself. Go beyond them. Create a blaze your own trail and celebrate life. That's what it's all about. Thank you. And and I have to say, every time I see Michelle Bell, I'm thinking of uh, Paul McCartney's song. Michelle, Michelle my, my bell. bell. Yes. <laughs> I'm Absolutely. sorry, I had to say it. I was Michelle, I have 90 seconds for you. Do you think of yourself as a creative person? We know you are, but do you wake up and say, I'm going to be a creative person today? Or did this just all flow from somewhere inside of you that you wanted to do these things? I'm going to be a creative person. So what were you thinking? I was thinking today I want to do something that nobody else has done and be able to leave it behind. I want people to be able to set their bars high. So, again, if you're listening out there, you never let anyone tell you you can't do something. The only person that can stop you is yourself. I like that a lot. And so let's quickly give a website where people can find. I usually forget to give websites because I'm having so much fun talking. Cindy, quickly, what website should people go to for you? The five C solution.com. That's the T H E, the numeral five, the letter C solution, S O L U T I O N.com. The five C solution.com. Michelle Bell, where should people go for you? So it's bellisu.com, B E L L E I S, the letter U.com. Bell is you. Oh, I wondered how to pronounce that. I didn't know. And you can always find me anywhere. Just Google AKA Radio Red and look for Read My Lips Radio, Cool Conversations with Creatives. A big thank you again to Ryan Treasure. He co-produced a couple shows with me and he's the VP, I say, of everything. And that was the wonderful voice in the intro. Yes, these lips can talk. And thank you to Josh, our engineer extraordinaire. Ladies, I want you to wave goodbye to Josh. Josh, thank you for being there and getting us on the air. I am AKA Radio Red. I'll be back next week with another edition of Read My Lips, Cool Conversations with Creatives. And if you know anybody truly creative, 
find me and tell me about them. Have a great one. Be safe, be smart, be savvy. I know that Michelle's website has masks and they're really pretty if you need a designer mask, but I don't care what kind of mask you wear. Protect yourself and protect others. We've got to get through this together. Ladies, wave goodbye. Bye-bye from Read My Lips Radio. Bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.